0: So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey everyone,
1: Wayne here. We're excited to kick off season three of the show. Alex is off of maternity leave
0: and back to work. She has been interviewing some pretty amazing women recently from all walks of life. The conversations you're gonna hear this season are centered around entrepreneurship, identity,
1: individuality, and of course, self-care. Whether you're a parent, business owner, or not, the conversations had are bound to move and inspire you in some way. Today, we are hearing from author and stylist, LaTanya Yvette, and she set a great tone for season three, episode one. Enjoy.
0: Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. How are you Latanya? Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So before we get started, I'm sure that many of my listeners already are very familiar with you and your work, but I would love for you to introduce yourself. So who are you and what do you do?
1: Okay. So my name is Latanya Yvette and I am a writer and a stylist and um I my blog is called the Tanya Yvette, which is not surprising <laughs> and um my first book Women of Color was published in April and I'm a mom of two kids uh River who is nearly nine and Oak who is newly five.
0: I have been following you guys for years since they were little little and oh my
1: gosh it's so weird
0: almost nine is just
1: I know I think about it the same I'm just like looking at the whole of like work or life and I'm like oh wow like I can mark it all by my daughter's age and so that's like nine nine years it's just really it's really odd
0: (laughs) I want to talk about woman of color first um I got a copy from your publisher I believe and it's on our coffee table it is beautiful
1: oh thank you
0: but what really struck me the most is just the vulnerability that you share about being a black woman growing up as a black girl with your siblings and your parents and like the different dynamics so can you discuss how women of color came to be and also what encouraged you to lean really deep into your truth and your vulnerability in this first project
1: yeah you know I think you know women of color has been it, it's funny because my like one of the one of the things my mom used to say when i was a kid was I, they used to call me mother hen and i was super bossy but i think at the same time i was super quiet um and i like not quiet but like i didn't really open up about a lot of things even though it was like super personable and like out there and i had so many siblings i don't think that i i mean like looking back now in hindsight as an adult i like shared a lot of things and it's funny because the more children I had, the more my life changed, the more these old memories and this whole past life that I obviously you can't shake until you deal with it, right like until you actually i mean you're gonna constantly be living within it, but I don't know, kids just brought it up again and again and again, and I think that's part of like having kids pretty young is that who like you know I had river at twenty one so who I was before river was very, very fresh mm. um and and so. I think the stories and just the vulnerability and just the, the way I was able to open up, a lot of it has to do with like, A, for so many years before even writing the book, like working on these things and dealing with this life and also being just that kind of person in general where I am sort of a sentimentalist, like and often quite nostalgic, even with, you know, With the good and with the bad, I'm constantly, I always say, like I wrote in the book, like living in, you know, multiple worlds. So, like, I'm here, but I'm also, like, thinking about something, you know, that happened or it's always relating to something that happened in the past. Um... The reason why I found it so necessary is because I had been blogging, as you know, for like so many years, and blogs were super popular, and or you know, it ended up being a great form of income and the you know a way to work. Right. But it was also like just I was playing. I even I said this in a book, like playing a game. Like I was just in it. Like even though I was honest in myself, I I don't think it. I I didn't have to be super open, which is the great thing about media and. This, this, you know, screen and no one's asking you to, you don't need to, and it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always felt weird because it always was like, how am I writing about things, but also this whole other life that I had, and I still think about pretty often, exists and I don't think it made it difficult to work like you know have a blog or you know work in this field in particular because I think like that has a lot to do with the dual sort of lives but I think that like part of me just felt more as my children got older and as I got older more connected to my past self and also to other women and how we all sort of like especially black women how we're like supposed to push things you know under the rug and not really deal with you know things that happened in our past and not really you know dig into that stuff and so it just was about growing up and all of it is about sort of growing up and dealing with this
0: whole life what's really beautiful to me about the collection is not only the words you string words together just stunningly and it's it was really just enlightening for me but also the imagery and the other Mm -hmm. women's stories that you were sharing throughout the book. So what was that like being able to sit and share your own stories, but then in the same breath, you're intertwining this sisterhood and community. So why was that for you um, to include? Yeah, you know, it, it, as
1: far as the imagery specifically, like even you know having photos of my kids or myself as a kid, part of that was like my brain now and the way that I see things and the way that many of us see things. We do, you know, even though I'm like dictating, like scenes and as as much as I can remember and try to write about it, I like story tell about it as you know best as I can. I do think that there is, as someone who is visual as well as like someone who likes to read, Um, I do find the two worlds necessary and because of my history of blogging, like it felt even more necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the need to break up sort of, you know, this is a chunk of information here, but also even though this has something to do with this, I'm going to break it up with pictures because um, it's sort of a transition. It's a whole storyline. And then with the women, you know, the the cool thing about it, it was just um, an idea from the beginning. And part of that was um, just this whole, my whole relationship to women in general. And like, you know, even though we all go through, very similar things and they're all quite unique even though they're very similar we often don't speak about it um and so even though I'm I'm sharing my stories in in the book the idea of the book is that it's actually a mirror and so Mm. you can read it and feel parts of you even like when I'm sharing my stuff but also even with these other women and that's the point of the other women is that they actually it's just to kind of really nail it in and bring it home that these are all women who are like amazing in their own right, totally different paths. And we all connect in these also weird, beautiful ways. But... um and that's also was a part about like even sharing how I met them too. Just like, oh, I met this, you know, Hannah here or this person here. And like that didn't really go past that. Our relationship didn't go past that meeting or did, but I was struck with this one thing and not being able to let go of that one thing that I was struck with, with that one that person. And then realizing that even in, you know, them opening up an interview, we had so much, you know, so much aligned, even though their story was so completely different um and it's cool because actually the interviews were done I think they were done so a lot of the chapters were in progress but like we I didn't match them up necessarily um and so it was cool to see how they and they never read the chapters obviously and I didn't even like finish them answering the questions it was kind of done simultaneously and it was cool to sort of see how the their answers mirrored a lot of the things that I wrote about in the essays without even them reading it or me finishing it or anything, you know? And so it, it just was, it brought it home for me as far as like what the book was supposed to do and what it's supposed to do in the
0: world. It's doing great. I love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so to switch gears just a little yeah. bit, your website, and yeah. how you've been able to grow from blogger to author through your love of fashion, being a stylist, and balancing motherhood. So I know that's a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, why did you start
1: blogging? Yeah. So, you know, the blog sort of, I was in college for writing literature. And I think River was already born when I was in college. And I had, even before college, I was assistant styling, like being on sets, and then also doing stuff in boutiques but also in college and trying to write papers and then had a baby and like all of this, like, you know, just juggling multiple things at once. I mean, college was part-time, so it allowed me to, but it was something after River was born and I was in school and I had, and someone had said to me, you know, well, why are you, you know, like a professor had said something like, well, how are you going to do this with a baby? Like something like that, like very, like, judgmental he shouldn't have said it but it also was like oh you're probably right i shouldn't be here you know like what am i doing like it's not you know and at that time magazines were plummeting and there was no money and i really wanted to be like um an editor in a magazine and, and write for magazines and i was like okay i'll do this i'll do that yada 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 um and I spent a lot of time like just running around Brooklyn with river at the time. And, um, Peter, my ex was like, you know, you spend, and he was in video photography and he's like, you spend so much time out in the city with river and like people would be really, I think people would be really interested in how you're living your life as a young mother with our daughter, because it's super cool and I can help you with photos and whatever. Um, and at the same time, I, there was, I was living in Bushwick and there were no young mothers. Like there was like one who became my best friend for life and still is, right? Like the, the a lot of them were older, like 15 years older than me and like, you know, waited and planned for the babies. And I felt so, even though I, I felt so welcomed in this group and loved and whatever, I also felt really odd because like as much as I love breastfeeding or whatever it was, I wasn't rooted in any core identity as this is the mother I want to be this is how I want to be with my child and like mm-hmm. I want to be here 24-7 I was always like wanting to create and coming up with another way to create space or write or style or whatever go to you know what I mean so it and not be with my daughter 24-7 which I love her but it just wasn't me and I think that like I, the the blog kind of came out of that space, a space where I needed a sense of like a different community, right? But also like where he was like, you know, people to actually this this is actually interesting and cool. Um, and then you realize that actually there's so many other women who, no matter if they're in New York, no matter if they're in the Bronx, no matter if they're in the Midwest, like they actually, especially young black women, you know, because a lot of them were working at the time. I was like very, you know, also. Amongst you, that like, you know, they just needed to work. Like, that's just what it is. And I got to be kind of the home. And so I'm also aware of that privilege. And so you realize that a lot of women just need that same sort of um, attainable, like, you know, whatever it was, they still needed to see that. And so again, it was like the early part of like this whole mirror experience is like, actually, what I didn't see in my community and what I didn't see on the internet, like, so many other women felt the same. And, you know, just to have someone do it, I think is really helpful for other women. And so that's kind of where the blog came from, is this need for myself, but also like realizing later on that other women needed it too.
0: It's really interesting that you said that because becoming a mother of three myself Mm -hmm. I kind of like push and pull of like, how can I find who I am again, rearing children and writing books? So Mm -hmm. what can I do with with my time and with, you know, just taking some space like you mentioned and finding something where I can root a new identity? Yes, exactly. And it's been it's been tough.
1: It's like <laughs> yeah, I think that there's always this like sort of other self outside of like work and children that's floating and we're kind of always grasping at it and also realizing at the same time like when we're losing it but also that we need it to even do the other things, which is like work, motherhood, relationship, whatever that is. And so it's Actually, it's funny because I've actually tried to realign that like float as like that floating, whatever that is needs to come first, especially if I'm like, it was just so hard because I'm like, oh, I'm actually, and it's not tangible. So it's weird. Right. But it's, I'm like, if I'm not getting that, if I'm not trying to figure that out, then I'm like actively losing my grip. Like for me, I realized I'm actively losing my grip on work and on kids and how I actually stay connected with either one, because there's this other part of me that feels like it's just sort of, I don't know, like swimming on by or sort of floating by, you know?
0: And that, it sounds like what you're saying too, is it's a big part of your self-care practice and not just yours. Exactly. Women in general, right? Be it parents or not, um, wives or not, business women or not. It's just this thing that we have to be able to grasp. Like we need that um, ability to kind of take a step back and just be with ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Have a sense of the word, you know what I mean. I think a lot of people think we just kind of have to go with the flow. Especially as Black women, we have to go with the flow. We have to be strong. We have to take care of home. We have to work. We can't cry about it. We got to suck it up. It's all these different things. But it's like, when are we going to be able to s- sit down? To-
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: Do something for ourselves. And I, I, I do want to talk about self-care as you raise these two children and your co-parenting and yeah. all of that. How do you make time for yourself outside of the website, outside of motherhood and as a newly single woman?
1: Oh my God. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. You know, I realized that I like, I find myself like on a daily basis being like, thank God for my work. Cause like my kind of work I'm able, like I live, I basically, I realized now in hindsight, I created a life that, that would allow me to live the way I need to live. And so for instance, like when we're done with like our conversation, like I'll probably have lunch and we'll work a little bit more. We'll take a break, meditate, do something for myself, then work again, go help my son school out. go back to work for a little bit and then pick them up from after school you know what I mean like I I'm surrounded in like food school like being able to tap out from work and so I think part of it is I like am very privileged to be able to like create I created like I was able to create a life that allowed me to like able to flow through these different phases not even flow because it's also all been hard you know what i mean but being able to move through these different phases and transitions and things that are asked of me and so you know like if i'm having a really like last week i had like a really really tough emotional day and i just needed to tap out and i was able to do that like my kids go to a public school and i know we'll be there for like you know a few hours of the day like that's you know I'm privileged to be able to do that and and I can answer emails from my bed Mm -hmm. if I'm having a really that's very rare I've never like you know what I mean but like it I can do that and I've created a life that allows me to like make sure that I'm taking care of myself and at the same time I've created a life that requires me to hustle all the time you know what I mean like constantly I'm running I'm running I'm running I need to be there for the kids. I need to be there, you know, for this thing or for that thing. So it's a great, but it also like bites me in the butt sometimes when I'm like exhausted. Um, so I just realized that like, you know, there's so many times like at nine o'clock, I'll hop on my computer and it's like two and I'm like, oh, most people would have gotten off the from their desk already, you know? So right. <laughs> I, and, and so it's a lot of times for me, it's just remembering to t- like take a walk, take a break what like you know go actually like i take myself out to lunch so much and out to solo dinner with like wine all the time everyone's like you like love to eat out i do I, it's just my thing i do it for myself i'll bring a book and now that's my that's my way of like making sure i treat myself and meditating and having my coffee like i'm like i work for this this lifestyle that I created. And so it's just being aware of that, like just truly being aware and catching myself when I'm not taking care of myself, because at the same time, like I'll notice when I'm not like come Thursday and I have to pick up my kids from school.
0: So let's talk about being black in the digital yes. space. And yes. Yes. Being, <laughs> being black in the author, being black in- Oh gosh and you're raising biracial children so yes. what what has your blackness taught you about the opportunities you've made for yourself but also mm-hmm. that you want to create for yourself and your kids and how you move through the world and being respected oh god uh
1: you know it's funny you like i being black and being like in the digital space that I feel like I've been in for so long that's changed so much. But like when I was in, it was like very definitely like white. Mm -hmm. And now there's so many like amazing like black artists or whatever. They're like younger that are coming up black, like, you know, that are like doing shows and are talking about like black identity and public space and all this, you know, stuff. And I, it's, it's, it's all weird because it's a little bit like, you're so you're aware of the fact that you are making like moves as a black person you've created space and you're also at the same time creating space for others but still the structure of the system hasn't changed right and so you're still so whenever i do anything i'm often feeling like i'm pushing against a structure that like i'm confined within um mm. and that for me is made all the more real by being like you know like a a provider right like i can't do so, like i can but a lot of the things that like i i think i would have done 20 without ch- you know 25 without children cannot happen at like 30 with with children you know what i mean cuz like i'm thinking about money i'm thinking about the next book i'm thinking about so like there is this like this thing where I'm constantly aware of like being black and like how I can like in the space that I am in and but also in the space of like needing to be a provider constantly like um be open and also like like push against this structure that is that is not sort of, I don't know, easy to, to work within, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you're like, okay, but I gotta pay bills, so I gotta work within it. But I also don't, my values are not within working within it. Um, it's difficult. I don't know how else to dis- like, describe it. It's just you, like, it's all very structured, like the digital space and even the author space as like for black people, um, mm-hmm. because there are white spaces. Mm-hmm. And they're white dominated space dominated spaces. So even in the blogging field, sponsorships, or you know, which help, obviously, those are those fun blogs, those fun social medias, those you know, so you're constantly aware of your blackness and constantly aware of your ethos and your you know every you know, writing Black Lives Matter today. Will probably like trickle down to something a week later and i know that i'm constantly made aware of that you know what i mean and so it's constantly being made aware of the fact that you are black but also you're black living in a digital white digital space and you're black and you have a, and you're using your voice right at the same and so you're not just black like you're not just just you know someone doesn't just see you in a space you're also like actively manipulating the space to to share what you need to and share what matters to you but at the same time that space provides for your children so there's multi layers and there's multi like avenues of confusion and not even confusion but of like i would say oftentimes like just struggle that's the, the best way to describe it struggle and um i realized that even with writing like i think i was given like i worked so hard for a lot of this stuff and so it paid off but at the same time I worked properly and I'm constantly made aware of this when like obviously like where I live in Fort Green there's like a lot of white authors and like and also digital you see a lot of white authors like you just realized post book that like you worked four times harder than your white counterpart yeah you did. And like, I'm constantly, constantly made aware of that work four times harder and probably got paid less. Mm. And like, that is just not that to me, it's like not anything that I'm not made aware of, whether it's publicly or quietly, like I know, you know, and so I think post book tour, post like book, po- you know, in the digital space, like on a daily level with readers or followers, like, I'm policed at, like, with sponsorships or with readers, like, at a higher rate, like, I've just noticed that, and then, like, and I'm not looking for that, I'm, ve- I'm just very, like, this is just what it is, and I, you know, and um, so it's all, it's a constant struggle, and it's, it's funny because I think the, the crazy thing when it comes to, like, Blackness or being, you know, in these different spaces and being Black is that you still have to take all of that and still choose to create something. And that is like, you know, the power, I think, also being Black, right? And that makes me smile because it's like, well, I can say that. I know that to be true. I know that someone, you know, I like will see, you know, someone will email me and like a sponsor or someone would be like, oh, you know, like, we, we're mailing her check, like, but look, we know Latanya doesn't mind. It's like, actually, you're only saying that because I'm Black, and you're saying that to, like, my agent, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I actually do mind if you pay me late, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, um, and so it's, a, but, at the, like, at the same time, I am going to continue to create space. I'm going to continue to do what I love. I'm going to continue to, like, think of this whole thing outside of myself and in the sort of very community driven you know space and world and I think also going back to like my family that's like the benefit of like being one of five is that as much as like this is like also black and about me or I'm writing and or I'm you know writing the book it's like I never really think of things about myself like it's almost it's always whether it's been children or my siblings or other people that I meet or it's always about like a larger sense of like maybe shifting Hopefully shifting that structure, even if it's not even about the structure, just hopefully shifting pe- like black people's ideas of what they can and can't do. Mm. And that, that's what's more, most important to me right now.
0: that is, I, love that. I really love that. Um, before we wrap up. Yeah. How are you? I have two questions. The first one. Yes. The first one is how are you teaching your children how to navigate the world being biracial? Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny because River is nearly nine and Oak is five. And I think for him, he's just entering kindergarten. And even though we obviously, they have a black mother, we talk about being black. They're, you know, they know that daddy's white. They, they're, for him, it's not, I think he's a little bit slower to catch up than her, she is. Like he has, it's not touched down, you know, in on him yet. Like, it's just, he's a little bit more aloof as a person. And um but with river it 's very very like, transparent and hard and core, and one of um with her it 's a little bit funny because she 's more brown mm-hmm. like one of the things that she like identified very quickly was that she was a brown girl, and that to me was really funny because I never said that her dad never said that, but that was like a distinction she made about herself and how she saw herself, and I know that so many people have like so many stories about being biracial and be, you know what I mean? And not fitting in a floating, whatever. And so I think she kind of made it easier because she like led it in her own identity, you know, identification of herself. Like I'm Brown. Like mm-hmm. I know my dad's white. I know you're black, but like I'm Brown. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't know what, you know, what that, you know, what that means for her. Um, but there are so many, you know, just, Within our family, there's so many like conversations about and I have like you know just constant conversation about being a black woman in today's and like today's world and choosing to wear a fro and and in, sh- in being part of the community and me feeling like I have like this debt to pay, and that being part of our constant conversations um and so. With River, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't know if I actually, to be perfectly honest, have it all down yet. I know that I'm giving them the power, to, like, step into whatever power they they can, as like, you know, spiritually and soulfully. Um, And I'm there. River is like highly educated and like crazy on it, you know. And so she even herself is like very matter of fact. She's a Capricorn, so she's very like, I know this to be true. I know that, you know, and so I'm allowing her to, like, do what she, like, needs to do and say what she needs to say, and with Oak himself, like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I think it's gonna be a whole nother thing with him because he's, he identifies as a boy, and he's lighter skin, and, uh, you know, the whole, it's just gonna be a whole nother thing, and I think I'm still wrapping my head around, I've been talking to so many friends who are, you know, Black men, but all my brothers, but also like biracial black men and also their dad who's white and just kind of gathering how to help him, especially like as a black mother and also talking to other black mothers like on tour about, you know, with their sons, like don't instill fear, like teach him how to live in the world and like all these other, you know, all these other ways that we that they, you know, that they may have skipped. They were like, just do this. And so I've been really interested in just kind of gathering that, especially as he's growing up and just trying to figure out the best way to navigate with him as well, because it's, it's hard. And also the world is, it's, I find it even more difficult to talk about lately just because the world is so not that great
0: lately. Right.
1: Right. You know? And so my language is not what it was like two years ago with river and so I'm just trying to like navigate that with lots of therapy honestly. Per- like to be perfectly honest, I'm like in therapy, navigating how to speak to him about
0: mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's honest. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And I'm glad you brought up therapy. I mean, I could talk to you forever, but I know we both have to go soon. Yeah. But like just speaking open and honestly about like and saying in motherhood, yeah, I don't know. I, have no I don't know. I have no idea about it I'm talking to a professional who can maybe help me give me some tools and I just, yeah you just don't know and I'm and I'm learning how to be okay with not knowing or I'm fine with not knowing and I don't think yeah people are speaking up and saying that publicly especially black women because and this is a whole nother story we're supposed to know <laughs>
1: we're supposed to be able to carry it all and figure it all out at the same time yeah yeah um yeah no i'm just i'm really that's like if there's one thing like and it it was good because it was actually one of the very last book tour readings that i had and there were a lot of black mothers of like an older generation of black men there like they were all they were like 18 their sons were 18 and 19 and we talked about this at the end of the conversation and it was so important to me. And they were like, you know, they just like gave such sage advice. Like, yeah, I talked to my son so much about like, you know, put your head down. Don't do that. Do, do, but I wish I tell him how to be this. And it really hit home. Right. It really hit home. And like how we, a, they did amazing jobs, number one. Right. But also number two, how like, there are so many other avenues of like language when it comes to black boys or biracial or whatever it is, and like how they identify and how we ask them to move in the world and how the world like forces them to move in the world, and so I've just been really, really, really like soaking the information in and figuring out and like, and then sorting it through my therapist. And, you know, I think it's just different having like a girl first, a, you know, a kid who identifies as a girl first, who is like more Brown and be like, Oh, okay. I know what I am. And yeah. that's what I'm gonna do. It's just yeah. it was so different. And like my son, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know
0: yet. <laughs> so before we go one more question. Yes. What would you tell your younger self? if you could sit down with her today at any age, what would you tell her? How would you encourage her?
1: Oh my God. I think about this a lot. You're going to make me cry. Okay. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> um, I would say it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And I think it's like simple, but I think I needed to hear that. And it's weird because I find myself talking to my younger self a lot. And it's like, yeah, like it, it was okay. It's like, it's, it, it, it was going to be all right. Like you knew that. And I think I needed to hear that a little bit more. So I would just tell that to her.
0: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai.